So first, a little context. There are 75 counties in the state of Arkansas. The Arkansas Constitution provides a roadmap for how counties within the state are to govern. The executive of a county's affairs is known as a county judge, who is not a judge necessarily and also doesn't have to have a law degree or anything. The county judge is joined by justices of the peace who, while technically are able to officiate a wedding, aren't judges in a law and order courtroom. Article 7 says the county court shall have exclusive original jurisdiction in all matters relating to county taxes, roads, bridges, ferries, paupers, bastardy, vagrants, the apprenticeship of minors, the disbursement of money for county purposes, and in every other case that may be necessary to the internal improvement and local concerns of the respective counties. It also says that the justices of the peace shall sit with and assist the county judge in levying the county taxes and in making appropriations for the expenses of the county in the manner to be prescribed by law. And the county judge, together with a majority of said justices, shall constitute a quorum for such purposes. And in the absence of the county judge, a majority of the justices of the peace may constitute the court, who shall elect one of their members to preside. Okay, so back here in the 21st century, it might take a little bit of clearing up to understand what that all means. First off, let's start with what a member of the quorum court, or a justice of the peace, actually does. So when people ask for the the quick version, I say we're like the city council for the county. That's Eva Madison, Justice of the Peace for Washington County District 9. She says the most important job for the quorum court is allocating county revenue. It's not really like we pass a lot of laws. It's not like the the legislature in Little Rock where they're, you know, have a session and they're passing out bills all the time. Um, Most of our duties are more monitoring. And then the biggest issue is the county budget. So as the legislative branch, we hold the fiscal responsibility for budgeting. And so that is our biggest task. And the one we spend the most time on is uh, preparing the annual budget. And then once the budget is prepared, then sort of dealing with all the ins and outs of the budget as the year goes on. Benton County Judge Barry Mooring says for most people, local government is out of sight, out of mind. You know, I think generally our our county is is running pretty well, just like a lot of cities are running pretty well. And I'm not sure that um, unless there's a crisis, a lot of people aren't paying as close attention. Now, remember that little saying we started out with, local elections matter more. And that's because of one thing, like always, money These seats control important things, the sometimes invisible mechanics that power our day-to-day. So we uh, assess property, uh, collect taxes. The road system we manage, while it's extensive, it's 1,400 miles, it's only the roads that are in the rural areas. Uh, We manage ambulance service in the rural areas, and I could go on down the list. Um, But we kind of have this interesting dual role where we, we have services that directly impact unincorporated citizens. And then the services that we have that impact the entire county, such as the court system or the jail, aren't things that are as obvious and apparent as, say, parks and streets and libraries. So sometimes I'm not sure we're fully understood by the public, but uh, 
county government plays a very vital role in the overall functioning of government up and down the line. I mean, county government collects all of the property taxes and then disperses it to school districts and cities. Um, you know, we're the ones that make sure the court systems are funded and functioning and, and doing what they need to do. We're the ones that make sure there's a county jail so that when there's somebody that needs to be put in jail, that there's a jail for them. In Benton County, the court oversaw around $51 million for fiscal year 2022, and the budget for Washington County was close to $80 million. But in addition, to the biggest component, too, of the county budget is operating the county jail. And to run the county jail costs in excess of $20 million a year. And I don't, I don't think people really think that people on the quorum court you know, have that much responsibility, because that's, that's a big responsibility. And this November, that big responsibility could get a little bit bigger. Voters in both Benton and Washington County will decide on major funding for county jail expansions to address overcrowding. We are spending a lot of money, and the proposal that the court voted to put on the ballot in November has a huge price tag. I mean, it is a sales tax that's going to last potentially until 2040. And that's only to pay for the expansion. That is not to pay for operational costs. So that would put us at, I think, maybe the highest sales tax in the state and maybe one of the highest in the nation. Uh, so that's a big deal. And, and I think I voted against putting it on the ballot, uh, for one, because I don't think we need, uh, as if we need a, a jail expansion, it should be very modest and not the doubling of the size that's proposed, but also because I don't think we've given voters enough information. You know, they can say, oh, gosh, well, half cent sales tax doesn't sound so bad, but when we get, if we build it, then we're going to be looking for more money. So most of this money that county officials dole out comes from taxes, like property and sales tax. But in the past couple of years, extra money for infrastructure and COVID-19 relief from the federal government has been dispersed to state and local elected officials. Mooring says $54 million went to Benton County from the American Rescue Plan Act. Well, there was a learning curve, and um, one of the first things we did is we set up a portal on our website, and we encouraged uh, folks in the nonprofit community, uh, folks who are involved with water projects because those qualified, sewer projects because those qualified, emergency management. Uh, We invited a lot of different entities to come in through that portal and identify what their needs were, and then there was a process by which they would present those to the ARPA committee, which basically is the quorum court operating as the ARPA committee. And we went through, I don't know, a couple of dozen meetings to find out what those needs were and to allocate funds accordingly. So for example, in healthcare, we allocated $4.6 million of our $54 million for healthcare. We spent $4.1 million on employee premium pay, nearly $6 million on nonprofits, $3 million on direct COVID-19 mitigation efforts. We've held back $20 million, almost $20 million for the criminal justice facility expansion that's uh, coming up. So the Quorum Court's decisions on what money goes where and how much have a direct impact on how our communities operate and the values they prioritize. Here's Eva Madison again. You don't realize it, but all of us are interacting with county government 
often and the court systems, taxes. So, but I, I think right now, the biggest issue that matters to folks is the prospect of this jail expansion and what it could, what it could mean for our local community and how much it could cost our local community. She also says the scope of the court's duties can sometimes be daunting, especially for newly elected JPs. Most people who run, their sort of introduction to it is actually running. And so you start coming to meetings and you start kind of getting familiar with things. And then once elected, I think I've certainly watched new JPs come on and sort of just sit there for the first few meetings, not sure if they should talk or when to talk or what to say. I mean, you're, you know, suddenly you've been elected to this job and now you have to do it. And and I do think that's hard. And, and I won't say that I started the job having, you know, all the answers. It took me a while. I, I think it probably took me four years to really understand the county budget. And what I've encouraged new JP to do is, you know, don't hesitate to speak up right away because your term is two years. You know, you can't, your learning curve can't take too long or, or your term will be up. Luckily, though, a statewide group is available to help fill some of those knowledge gaps. So the Association of Arkansas Counties is an organization that represents all elected officials in the counties, um, your county judges, sheriffs, circuit clerks, etc. And also your district officers, which are justices of the peace in all 75 counties. Um, We provide continuing education, um, advocacy for these groups, as well as insurance programs like workers comp um, and a risk management program for property and general legal defense. Lindsay French is legal counsel with AAC. She says more recently, a crop of younger justices have been getting elected, which brings its own set of challenges. Specifically, they tend to not know as much about the role of county government and the role that the JP plays in it. Um, Historically, JPs have been um, individuals who would get elected and stay on for years and years and years and have decades of knowledge about county government in general. And now we're starting to see younger people um, get into these races and be elected. And um, it's not a bad thing. That's a good thing to bring new energy. But um, they also, with less experience, just tend to know less in general. But um, we've learned are eager to learn, and, and we're happy to provide them with that education. Unlike in a lot of states, all of Arkansas's counties are members of the association, and French says that's important because it gives everyone a network of fellow officials and a bank of resources to call upon for help. But Arkansas being mostly rural, um, many counties don't have the resources to hire a dedicated county attorney, and um, the deputy prosecutor can serve as county attorney in that case, but oftentimes is very busy with their court schedule and other duties. So we're here to kind of be gap fillers in providing that education and information. The primary and most important role of the quorum court is that they set the budget. They hold the purse strings. They decide how much county money goes to what office and for what purposes. They set the salaries and positions of employees. So really nothing can go on in county government without the action of the quorum court first. So if you're still on the fence about whether all of those local seats toward the bottom of your ballot actually matter, Eva Madison says to think about access. 
for many people, it's really the only contact you'll have with your elected officials. I mean, it's it's not like we talk to our senators or our Congress people all the time, and but you can actually have like real access to your local elected officials. And, and I think that's important. Okay, so now that we have a little bit of a better understanding of the vast authority and control of those purse strings that come with being a justice of the peace, let's take a listen to the vote differences in a few races in Washington County. For District 6, which covers part of North Fayetteville up to Highway 412 in Springdale, the election in 2018 was between Jessica Stone, a Democrat, and Lisa Eck, a Republican. 3,283 ballots were cast in this election, and Lisa Eck won the race by 121 votes. District 10 is in Fayetteville and bound by Martin Luther King Boulevard on the north, Interstate 49 on the east, Broyles on the west, and more or less Kessler Mountain toward the south. The Democrat Andrea Jenkins unseated the incumbent at the time, Robert Din, by just 34 votes. The closest race? Yeah, there's one closer than 34 votes. That was in District 14. Geographically, this is a large and pretty rural district covering most of south-central Washington County. 4,827 votes were cast. Ann Harbinson kept her seat from Jim Wilson by just 21 votes. You're listening to Natural Election. We'll be right back after this break. You've been listening to Natural Election, a podcast production of Ozarks at Large and KUAF Public Radio. This show is co-hosted by Matthew Moore and me, Daniel Carruth. A reminder that early voting in Arkansas begins next Monday, October 24th, and runs through November 7th. The deadline to register and submit an absentee ballot is Friday, November 4th. Get voting information and links to other resources when you go to KUAF.com vote. And be sure to subscribe for free to this show wherever you get your podcasts.